Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. So it's a moral descent, but it's not just a simple good guy turns bad. Turning points in the action pushed him toward the life he's been resisting, but it's fair to say that although in the beginning he pledged to be not like his family, key events pushed him to become what he already had the potential to become. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach, and each week we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. You want to bring more depth and complexity to your characters so that readers are interested and invested in what happens to them. But how do you do that? In this episode, I'm sharing three ways to create deeper, more engaging characters. These are often things I see lacking in client manuscripts. Plot and character really can't be separated, but before you build plot, you need to know who your story is about. Okay, so let's get right to it. Number one, meaningful conflict. Sometimes I'll read a manuscript where there isn't meaningful conflict or conflict that sustains the rest of the story. In order to have conflict, your main character should have a pressing need established in Act 1 and will encounter mounting obstacles in Act 2. The want or dramatic need will be established by the end of Act 1, and then your character will encounter mounting obstacles to getting that need met in Act 2. Act 3 is where he or she will be forced to go head-to-head with the antagonist or the antagonistic forces, whatever they are, for the last time and will either win or lose. Your character will either get what he or she wants or not. For example, Harry Potter wants to defeat Voldemort. Humbert Humbert wants to be with Lolita, but Lolita withholds her love. The entire novel is about him trying to get what he wants and failing over and over again. Anna Karenina wants to be with Vronsky, but the conflict comes between her and her husband, who does not want to grant her a divorce. 
Now, sometimes the dramatic need will be less concrete. For example, in Margaret Atwood's novel Cat's Eye, Elaine Risley is a middle-aged artist who wants to break free from the traumatic events and memories from her childhood. The main conflict is between her and her friend Cordelia, who bullied her. So the conflict plays out in the story's past, but it still puts pressure on the present. So the conflict isn't as concrete as, say, Harry Potter versus the Dark Lord. The conflict arises from desire and resistance. It could be resistance with your main character or resistance from other characters or forces. Now, some writers will swing from one conflict to another, to another, and another without establishing the character's urgent need. Things just happen, and they may be dramatic, but we need to know how these events affect your protagonist, not just externally, but internally. Plot, in its simplest form, is about your protagonist's thwarted goal. She wants something, and she can't have it right away, so she keeps right on trying. There are unmet expectations. Conflict. Now, ideally, conflict is embodied through one main antagonist. It may be an environment or a person or a group of people. It might be a system he or she bought into, but it's the same desire meeting the same resistance, just in different variations, different situations. Now, your character's goalpost may shift throughout the story, but it's heading towards one desired outcome, and the conflict arises from obstacles to getting it. Now, conflict does not need to be explosive. Sometimes writers will pit the characters against something that's far-fetched or outrageous just for the sake of conflict. But the conflict doesn't feel connected to anything meaningful to the protagonist. Or the story will swing from one conflict to another without any progressive complications. And that kind of conflict feels manufactured, and it doesn't progress. So you don't want conflict just for the sake of conflict. It needs to be connected to the character's dramatic need. You as the author should know what your protagonist wants. Ideally, it manifests in something concrete, something the reader can perceive. You also want to know what your other main characters want, especially your main antagonist and your other supporting characters. What do they want and how do those desires clash? In every scene, you should know what every character comes into the scene wanting, not just what your protagonist wants, but the supporting characters as well. Conflict simply means thwarted or opposing desires. Your protagonist will have one main story goal established in Act 1 and will encounter mounting obstacles before he or she gets it. Your protagonist enters every scene with a goal, 
desire, or expectation, and everyone else also has a goal. And those goals should clash and impact your main character. That's conflict. Okay, on to number two, motive. Motive is why your character behaves or reacts a certain way. It's the reason why he does a certain thing or says a certain thing. Without motivation, character action feels contrived and meaningless. You want to make clear the motives that make a character move. Now, you don't have to be overt about these motives. You can convey it through distinct behavior. For example, in Tom Parada's novel, Little Children, Kathy is motivated by resentment towards her husband, Todd. She resents being the primary breadwinner and continually pressures Todd to follow up on his law degree. Instead of saying or behaving resentful outright, she detonates these little bombs. A lot of it is implied in the dialogue. For example, when she comes home from the office and greets her seven-year-old as Todd looks on, she says, Did daddy forget to put your sunscreen on again? Now, Todd never really wanted to be a lawyer, and he has failed the bar exam twice already. And instead of studying at the library during the evenings, he spends his time watching a group of teenage skateboarders. The novel's main protagonist, Sarah, is motivated by unmet aspirations. She considers herself intellectual and feminist, and she wonders how she allowed herself to be reduced to a stay-at-home mother going to the playground with all these other mothers whom she can't stand. In her marriage to an older man who has an obsession with pornography has her feeling apathetic, so she feels trapped. And by the way, The marriage to him was motivated by her desire to escape her dead-end job as a barista at a coffee shop. Motive. She also sees her child as a ball and chain, and all this motivates her adulterous affair with Todd. So you need to know the underlying motives of all your characters, not the minor ones as much, but certainly your main characters. Maybe a character ignores a simple question from the other character or cuts a conversation short, or the disdain could be implied in the dialogue. Cause and effect really refers to character motivation and the consequences of what they do. Your other main characters, including your antagonist, also should be driven by a want or dramatic need. In every scene you write, you should know what each character comes into the scene wanting and why they want it. You don't need to state that directly, but if you know what's motivating everyone in each scene, it'll bring more tension and conflict into each interaction. Okay, on to number three, arc of change. Often writers won't have a clear character arc. This happens when there's too much reliance on plot 
or they're just not clear on what each character wants and why. A story thrives on the changing growth in your characters, particularly your protagonist. We need to know how what happens impacts your protagonist, not just that it happened, but how it affects your main character, how the events change this person. We've been talking about events that mark turning points for your protagonist. For more on that, listen to episodes 174 and 175. I'll link in the show notes. But your main character should have a story arc. For example, in the example from Little Children, the main protagonist, Sarah, moves from resentment towards her child to a realization by the end that she hasn't been a great mother. So she knows she's let this kid down profoundly. And this is prompted by some key events. Number one, her husband has just told her that he's leaving her for a porn star. And Todd, her married lover with whom she planned to run away with, has stood her up. So the arc is one of moral assent. Sometimes, though, characters have a moral descent. In The Godfather, Michael Corleone starts out wanting to stay out of the family business, and by the end, he's ordering mass killings while preaching the value of family and denouncing Satan. Now, remember, He's grown up in a powerful crime family, and so that lifestyle has been normalized for him. And he's also a war hero, so he's capable of killing people because of his war experience. So there may be some latent criminal tendencies that he's thus far been able to suppress. The big turning point for him is when he kills the two men in the restaurant as retaliation for planning the assassination attempt on his father. So it's a moral descent, but it's not just a simple good guy turns bad. Turning points in the action pushed him toward the life he's been resisting, but it's fair to say that although in the beginning he pledged to be not like his family, key events pushed him to become what he already had the potential to become. Walter White from Breaking Bad is another great example of moral descent. He goes from a chemistry teacher with cancer to a ruthless drug lord. And the things that he does, he feels justified in doing. He's doing it for his family, or at least that's what he believes in the beginning, That all changes. As his journey continues, we see how cunning, calculating, and ruthless he's capable of being. But by the end, he admits that he ultimately did it for himself because he was good at it. He felt powerful. When we talk about motive, there's that ticking clock. He's raging against his own mortality, his cancer. Okay, let's recap. We talked about three ways to create deeper character development. Number one, meaningful conflict. It's driven by a dramatic need thwarted by mounting obstacles. Number two, motive. 
And number three, character arc of change. Every main character will experience an arc of change, but will be most invested in your protagonist's transformation. He or she should be a totally different person by the end of the novel. Now, you do not have to have this all figured out before you write your story. Characters are found. They reveal themselves to you slowly, just like real human beings do. Your perceptions of your characters take place in the course of actual writing and revision. So number one, meaningful conflict that sustains the rest of the story. Number two, motive, why your characters react, behave, or talk, and arc of change. Who are they at the beginning of the story, and who are they by the end? So there you have it. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you know any writers who need some support in their writing, please share this episode or the Writer Unleashed podcast in general. And if you love what you're listening to, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and please leave me a review. Reading how this podcast impacts your writing truly lights me up and helps me create topics for the show. Till next time, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.